Maxi steps into a long three and hits it. Just when he needed a bucket, Tyrese Maxi delivers. Everybody. Welcome to Hoops and Cards. I am Gary, your host, and it is great to be with you here on this Tuesday. Getting at it a little bit later than we would normally. I like to drop episodes way early in the morning here in the Eastern Time. But by, by the way, I am <laughs> I am in Northeast Ohio in the United States, coming at you, basketball collector, investor, NBA fan, whatever you are, wherever you are. Some of us are all those things at once. But where are you listening from? Uh, I am coming at you from Northeast Ohio. There, there's a lot going on right now in the league, the NBA that we're going to talk about. There's some updates for you for the card hobby. Some of you, I appreciate you are listening to this as a longtime collector of sports cards. Others of you brand new to this whole world, maybe you've been a basketball fan for a while, and you've got somebody, a friend, uh relative maybe your son your daughter is getting into sports cards and you're like i gotta learn i gotta figure this stuff out and uh, you've come to the right place we are here uh hoops and cards is here for you we got you covered we are here for you adding value encouragement ideas today might even feel like a pep talk for for the rest of us in in a market where hey it's still it's so early in the nba season and the focus of the sports world is on other sports, the economy, it seems like no matter where you live, uh, prices on lots of things that you need are higher than they usually are or than they used to be, and so you don't have as much maybe disposable income, but uh, and you know if you consider this a, a hobby, it's hard to invest in those things when you're trying to pay more for things you need, and, uh, and at the same time, You've been here during seasons or you've heard about times when the card market can be profitable, where it's not just something that you collect and it's fun. And here I am sitting looking at my Darius Garland select patch numbered to 49. This is uh, from last year, a Darius Garland card because he's one of my favorite players. And because I got to see him live in person in the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse as the Cavaliers took on, well, some of the Cavaliers took on the Minnesota T-Wolves. They didn't have Donovan Mitchell or Jarrett Allen or Dean Wade or Ricky Rubio that night. And I'm not totally sure all those players were that hurt, but whatever. Uh, we showed up and we're like, wait a minute, there's no Allen or Mitchell in the starting lineup? Anyhow, I collect Darius Garland cards because I'm a huge Cleveland Cavalier fan. That's my hometown team. He's a young player who just went crazy the other night, scored 51 points. In the game, even though the Cavaliers lost, it was neat to see. I think it was 27 in the fourth quarter. Guys, I'm into this stuff. I'm into cards. I, I'm here to give you updates on sports cards, but it's because I am a basketball fan. I've always loved the game. And I can tell you that, you know, some of you are excited to see new cards come out today. I think one of the recurring themes that's going to run throughout this episode is just something new. What is new? What's latest? I love how. I love how sometimes people criticize it and say recency bias. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Breaking news is important to us. Yeah, there's going to be some some sort of uh, recency bias to when you're doing a podcast two, maybe three times a week here. Guys, we're part of the Basketball Forever Network. That's been a blast and uh, helping us kind of expand our reach. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us if you're a part of that. 
but there's something there's something new there's something that draws us in when when we when we get a hold of uh fresh brand new cards or or something that just released i in fact i have uh, our family we've got several in our family that are big taylor swift fans and they were excited to at 10 o'clock on the dot this morning try to buy tickets to one of taylor swift's con- like there's something about just the, the release date of tickets or the, the the first opportunity first off the line and uh as much as you will hear me say the rush to be first or the rush to do or get something new may not be the best investment for you that that's true that doesn't mean that i don't enjoy the excitement of telling you hey look uh we've got some new card releases coming up in the basketball card world although they keep putting off the release of mosaic basketball cards it looks like uh, Mosaic Fast Break is going to come out December 16th, and then Mosaic Basketball, the full set, will come out in January 25th. We're in a weird year, weird season, a couple years, where the, the rookie basketball cards used to come out before that player started his rookie season. You could buy Zion's. Hey, by the way, welcome back, Z. Zion averaging 24 points a game over the last eight. Uh, looking pretty good. Looking, looking very good. Watching him play, it's amazing that such a big fella can move so quickly. Reminds me a bit of Charles Barkley or Karl Malone uh, with the way he plays. So, only I think he handles the ball a lot better than the mailman ever did. So, no offense, Utah fans. But there's, some, there's something about uh, the, the new releases that's been delayed by COVID. And so, I mean, it's not till January that you can get the Mosaic, which is a beautiful card that is available in retail stores like Target and Walmart. Uh, also going to be Hobby Box versions of that where you can get limited edition cards, all, all that stuff. But we're, we're way behind. That's, that's, that's going to be a set that comes out in early January or mid-January that will still have the old rookies. Like I think it's time we can start calling Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley the old rookies because now we've got Paolo and Benedict Matherin and uh, Marjan Beauchamp and... There's a lot of good good rookies to watch from this year's class, um, you know. So the old rookies are still coming out, but the the new rookies you will be able to get in January as well with the very uh, cheap. But Panini's still trying to make a lot of money off the cheaper products that release early, like NBA Hoops January sixth, and like the uh, Prism Collegiate Draft Picks that comes out in January twenty fifth to twenty seventh. So. You, you know, those are, those are some new drops, some new opportunities. And I, I want to say that that's exciting. I'll pay attention. But as an investor, or even just as a collector who wants to be, uh, I, I want to spend wisely or make spending decisions wisely. That's just, that's just true as a collector. Uh, but it's also even more true if you're running this as a side hustle or a business that you need to make money on. Okay. Do not rush in and buy unopened boxes of cards unless you have a connection to get them for cheap. Do not rush in and buy, uh, especially retail. Guys, especially where the product is watered down, meaning there's a, a lower, much lower chance of getting something awesome in those boxes at Walmart or at Target.com or at Barnes & Noble, wherever you get them. If you have to have the thrill of opening a box, which is sometimes pretty cool, you can watch it on YouTube, guys. There's there's uh, Pac-Man. There's a lot of sites uh, and streamers that open cards, and you can watch people uh, 
basically rip open the product. You can watch breaks. You can watch uh, people evaluate the new releases. That's a whole lot of fun, and it's not gambling. It's not a long shot that you'll get your money's worth what you paid for that box. So there's some excitement to that. I mean, this week in the NBA, we've had some exciting moments. The return of LaMelo Ball, and he looks good. He's got to keep shooting until uh, he gets his rhythm back as a shooter. But he looks very good, and the Hornets... Uh, I don't think they can tank with that lineup. I think all the conversation about whether they, uh, you know, with the, the, the Miles Bridges thing, uh, and LaMelo being out, and then all the other guys they've got that, you know, little pieces, parts like Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre and Terry Rozier and P.J. Washington. What are they going to do with James Booknight? Oh, like it, it just has been a, a rough start for Charlotte, okay? But that's all it's been. They're still a young team that is better than a lottery. <laughs> like with with these guys, with Lamelo back, they're they're far better than a lottery team. I don't know that they're a playoff team either. But it's just nice to say welcome back Lamelo Ball. So let's say it, welcome back Lamelo Ball. I also want to say welcome back almost to my main man Chris Middleton. Chris, welcome back to the NBA, big fella. Coming back Wednesday or Friday, Friday night. In fact, some of you that like to buy cards like you're watching an NBA game or you're at a game or you you're, you're hearing news about a, a player just just going off like Joel Embiid's get what he's got 40 50 59 points the other night are you kidding me Joel uh I apologize Joel you're back on my top 20 list of guys to invest in it was it was that easy dude just get healthy and play like an MVP we'll and we'll respond like the card market is is interested in you um to put in our top 20, but here, here's the deal with Chris Middleton might be back. They're thinking Friday night, which is on ESPN Milwaukee against Philadelphia. Some of you that like to buy cards during games. I'm, I, it's an interesting phenomenon during games on national or global television, like ESPN. There's an opportunity tomorrow night, Boston at Atlanta, Golden State at Phoenix, a doubleheader on ESPN. It is fascinating to me when a guy has a big performance. So like, like, suppose it's Golden State against Phoenix. That's a shootout. Steph Curry and Devin Booker, those guys could both clear 50. The way scoring is up this season and the way these guys are already playing, and their teams are relying on them to score. I mean, Jordan Poole did great last night, but his, his averages are way down so far to start the season. So there's an opportunity there. And then, man, they really like Golden State this week. Friday night after the Milwaukee and uh, Sixers game on ESPN. You've got the Knicks and Golden State. The Knicks. People watching the Knicks. I wonder if when they scheduled that, they thought, hey, maybe Durant will be in the, in New York by then. Hey, by the way, uh, speaking of doing new things, the, the, the Nets continue to keep Kyrie Irving suspended. And why not? They're 4-2 and two without him. Why not? Kevin Durant, like they're, they're playing like a basketball team again. And the news, the, the Brooklyn's in the news now for actually doing well on the court. Um, I, I think that's exciting. Cam Thomas has stepped up, but it seems like everybody's stepped up. And you're seeing a better version of Kevin Durant and uh, a lot less drama besides the you know regular updates on what Kyrie is or is not doing. Uh, you know, we, back to that theme, we're trying to weave in and out of here, like new things, breaking news. Uh, we're, we're, sometimes we're looking at players that very few people have heard of that are getting new opportunities. They're doing new things. They're playing more minutes. They're young guys that that maybe they've got one card, one basketball card out, one rookie card. 
and uh, and yet they get an opportunity to play more and shoot more and score more. And they're like, you're like, wow, this guy's actually pretty good. This guy has potential. Just so you know, I am drawn to uh, players that have a chance to do something new. I have this this phrase lately that that some guys have already been to the mountain and the card market responded like when when Luca made a, a big playoff run and made a bunch of shots we started this is in the bubble and I think even before that people started to anoint him as like the next MVP or the next goat and uh you know maybe his card I mean his card skyrocketed and then stayed high and then they plummeted because then that people got their money and got out or they got their money and then they moved on to something else new and uh, breakout-ish, you know? Uh, the question I have for you today is what NBA players, what products, like what basketball cards of them, but what NBA players would you say they have a chance to do something new, something new and awesome on teams that maybe could do something new? Because in a downish market, in a lull that we're in as an economy, as a hobby, even seasonally, it's it's like mid-November, okay? So you could go to a sports card show this weekend in Dallas or Memphis or Berlin, London, wherever you're at, and the current stuff everybody's going to be talking about, it could be World Cup soccer, that's coming up. It could be pro football cards. It could be basketball is one of a few that people care about right now, and because it's not really like teams aren't taking the game seriously even like a lot there aren't a lot of games on national or international tv we did get nba league pass which is awesome i got three months free if that's a thing i would encourage you to do it speaking of encouraging you to do stuff um i would encourage you to get market movers go to marketmoversapp.com or go to sportscardinvestor.com sign up for this is a great tool it's an app, it's a website, it's a resource for you to, to track what guys have been doing things new, what jumps have been made already in the last 30 days in their card values. And I was able to go on Market Movers and see, man, uh, Laurie Markinen is continuing to go up. Laurie Markin, if you, if Markinen, Markinen, his cards are still going up. Like, look at the last seven days. And when you do that, Look for the cards that are most frequently traded. That would be PSA 10 cards of his Optic or his Prism. Donruss Optic and Prism. Uh, PSA 10 Base. There's more of those, so there's potentially more sales, at least with a lot of the guys I look at. But if you go to Market Movers and uh, you want to sign up, use the promo card. This was help us out. Use the promo card, promo code, hoops and cards. I did it again. The promo card. (laughs) The promo code, hoops and cards. And uh, you will get a discount. I think you get the first month for a dollar. That's pretty awesome. At whatever level that you sign up for. It's a great resource. I'm going in uh, several times a week and and looking at my card investments, looking at opportunities, cards that I'm looking at, saving in my watch list. I'll say this. uh, I I thought of them because it, it showed how somebody who's playing and doing something new Again, Laurie Markinen in Utah, he has a chance to be a new all-star. In fact, uh, it, that's a possible jump for players in their uh, reputation around the league and their desirability in the card market, in the hobby. People will be buying guys that they think will be first-time all-stars. People are already doing that. They're already doing that. And I just want to um, say, here, here's some things. like As you're looking at this and, and thinking about it as a collector, yeah, 
or an investor, prices are down, but I want to think about not just buying cards that I like while they're down. Like I, I, I personally collect, I PC. If you hear somebody say they PC something that doesn't mean politically correct in the hobby, it means a personal collection of cards, the cards I want to keep for a while because I like those players, I like those cards, I like the story behind it, whatever it is. I'm not considering selling that tomorrow, you know, uh, but everything has a price, I think. Anyway, I still want to buy cards that I think will go up. And how do you identify those? I think one of the principles is, is, is something new ahead for this player and that card. Is, there, is he going to make the all-star team for the first time? Is he going to score 50 points for the first time in his career? Is he going to be a part of a team that's going to do something for the first time? Like win their first playoff series, you know, or make it to the NBA Finals for the first time. I mean, that's that's probably the next hill for Luka. The next mountain for him is to actually get to the finals, right? Uh, Michael Porter Jr., maybe his hurdle is to finish a healthy season. It's great that MPJ is averaging 18 points a game on great percentages and the Nuggets look really good when all those pieces parts are together. Jamal Murray, welcome back, you know. Um, but for him, maybe the, the, the new thing or the first thing is like finish a season, my man. Some, so new all-stars, new achievements, new awareness. I think, I think a new platform for players. And uh, that's where, like, sometimes you can get a player who, hey, they're on a really good team, but uh, everybody's looking at one player because of his name and because of the hype around him and because of what he did last year or what he did coming into the draft. And so everybody might be looking at Zion Williamson, and rightfully so. But as you look at Zion, you might develop a new awareness for what Brandon Ingram really is. And you might develop a new awareness of who Trey Murphy is beyond the, I got a rated rookie hollow of Trey Murphy. Who's Trey Mur I don't know who Trey Murphy is. You will. <laughs> you will. New awareness of players, right? Sometimes it's when a guy gets hurt and all of a sudden a new player steps in and he has to do stuff. And you get to see what he can do. That's what happened last year when CJ McCollum and Damian was traded. Damian Lillard went down. Then you got to see, we got to see what Anthony Simons is doing. New awareness, new opportunity, new playing time. So I'm, that's that that sort of idea of firsts or breakout, like what players, what teams, what opportunities are out there for guys to do something new. I'll give you a for instance. For instance, yesterday, uh, the Toronto Raptors, who are just fantastic at scouting and finding these tall, long, athletic, energetic, defensive guys who can shoot threes. OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr., Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes. This is what they do. Well, yesterday, Delano Banton. Am I even saying his name right? Delano Banton. It's, I, probably, I probably like blew it up. It's probably like Delano Banton. I don't know. I, I just know he scored 27 points. I just know, I, like last night, his first start in the NBA, I think, 27 points. Here's a guy super young, fits the mold of everything the Raptors love to identify and do and unleash in a player's potential. And uh, I watched like half of a game earlier this season when the Raptors played the Cavaliers and uh, he stood out like, how, how is this tall, athletic, energetic, good shooter? How is he so young and so NBA ready? And how come we haven't heard much about him? Well, because he hasn't had the chance. Right. And maybe he just got the spot start because um, Siakam's still out. Bummer. But it gives somebody else a chance to shine and show what they can do. If you're looking for a super sleeper that's in the 50 cent box and that none of your dealers at the show this weekend will really know, you know, what they're what they've got, 
a Delano Banton card, like a silver hoops or a hollow. There's some there's some opportunity there. Now it's it's low risk, high reward. Like Santi Aldama, some of those players. I said Trey Murphy the third, didn't I? Like some of these guys, they have a chance to do something new. And uh, before we get to the break, I, I just love seeing guys who I felt this way about in in uh, previous seasons. Now they're actually doing something new at the next level. They're actually making their cases for all star players, and I'm only going to say their names. Uh, because I want you to hear, I want you to hear their names again. But I'm not going to say uh, what card to get or what I think of them moving forward. Because uh, I've done enough of that. A lot of the hoops and cards episodes over the last three months, you will hear me mention every single one of these guys' names. And for me, as a basketball fan, as a as a collector slash investor who's bought the cards of these players and made money off the cards of these players and keeping and storing and grading cards of these players. I, I can't be more excited with the way these one, two, three, four, five, six guys are playing. Every single one of these players is making an all-star case. Every single one of these dudes is averaging 23, 24 points a game or more. Every single one of these guys is a starter that his team is counting on. Every single one of these players for me is fun to watch. They've got the ball in their hands. They're tasked with scoring a lot and, and setting up the offense around their team. And almost every one of them are on pretty good teams. Let me see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, there's none of them that I look at and go, man, they're really tanking. Maybe one. So here, here's the guy's names. I'll just say them and then we'll get to a break. But as you, as you hear these names, what I'm telling you is these guys have done the something new. They've become starters. They've started scoring. They've started shooing, shooing. They've started shooing. And if they start shooing, oh, man, that, that's uh, what they call uh, Gary just rambling until it's off the rails. Let me just say the names. Uh, Keldon Johnson from the San Antonio Spurs. Darius Garland from the Cleveland Cavaliers. 51 points the other night. Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers. Kudos to Nathaniel. You were right. Dude, dude's incredible. Uh, look at his percentages so far this year and uh, what the Pacers are doing with Matherine and um, Buddy Heald is on fire. But a lot of that starts and ends with Halliburton. Anthony Simons. Watching him, is, watching him play is just an absolute joy. That, that guy is, is just awesome. And uh, his cards are gradually going up again. And you guys know, you guys know the last two names? Desmond Bain. And uh, he's at 26 points a game for the last 10 games. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I, I don't know what, 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 what more do we need to see. Ja Morant and his MVP candidacy. It's, this is, none of this is about Ja trying to be Ja. This is about Memphis trying to be a playoff team going to the finals. And Ja and Bain have great chemistry on the court. I wasn't going to say much more. And then the last one, the guy that's averaging, I think, just actually 25 points on the dot for the last 10 games is Tyrese Maxey. And uh, with that, let's take a quick break. All right, let's get back at it. It's great to be with you guys this uh, Tuesday and uh, yeah, to think about some opportunities for sellers. I wanted to make sure 
to give you some information, some ideas that I think will help you. Not to just say, hey, buy the new stuff or the new player or the new, you know, something that's a breakout. Um, follow the NBA and, and try to anticipate what's going to be good or listen to podcasts like this. And there are many others about the NBA that talk about players and, and even about cards. But guys, I wanted to, if you are looking at uh, opportunities you think even in a tough market to make money, I think that's what we're all looking for right now. That, uh, that hey, is this even still worth it as an investment? Because uh, it, it's been a down... I don't know, last a, a full year overall in the card market. And uh, a lot of the buyers that came in and uh, you know were impulse buying and drove up the values, I'm glad they did because a lot of us did pretty well during that time. Uh, and it brought a new, you know, new set of platforms and opportunities. And, and by the way, like even that uh, behind the card movie that I hope you heard that episode with Chris Fitzgerald, that was an awesome opportunity we had to talk about a movie about sports cards that will be coming out very soon, hopefully in your area or a place that you can see it, because uh, it's just, it basically goes over the challenges in the sports card market, basketball card market included, and and so I wanted to give just a few tips, kind of as we wrap up this episode, about selling cards. If, uh, if you're looking to make some money, I, I don't like getting in and saying, hey, here's the moment or here's the time when you should sell a player. Uh, sometimes that will be clear to you based on what you paid for it or, a, or you know, you want to sell at the peak of a card's value or, or close to that. Fine, I, I understand. Uh, in fact, some people are selling Laurie Markkinen right now, and I get it because his cards are higher than they've been in two years. And at the same time, bro has only played, you know, three weeks of the NBA season. What if he's just starting? You know, what if it's just the beginning of a longer Laurie Markkinen run where he's actually, you know, a 23-year-old budding all-star, you know, getting the opportunity to do all the things in Utah, and this is just the beginning of, uh, you know, depending on what I have invested in him, I wouldn't want to sell his cards right now, but I I do have some conditions, okay, things to think about as you are looking to sell and make money. So I got five thoughts for sellers these are, um, it's not a 101 thing. It's more like a 201. It's, it's more like, hey, uh, y- you know, you can learn a lot by just getting in and starting doing it, you know, buying and selling, buying and selling. But, but sometimes I have, I have listeners, we have friends, um, I have parents that are asking me, hey, uh, what's a good way to teach my kid, my son, my daughter about buying and selling sports cards? What are some realistic expectations? How can we go about possibly at the very least, not losing money that we don't need to lose, but certainly the opportunity to to gain uh, financially in this market. And so it does require thinking more like a business and more like an investor that way. And so here are five just these are these are basic. Um, but but you don't have to learn these the hard way. It is just a way of, of thinking about cards differently. If you intend to make money, thought number one is that selling starts with buying. Selling starts with buying. I can't sell a card that I haven't bought. And when I look to buy cards, who, who am I thinking about? Am I thinking about, oh, there's a card I like. There's a card that I want. There's a player I want. Oh, oh I got to have that. It's cool and it's new. And then sometimes we do that. And after a while, the shine wears off. And we're like, okay, now I want to sell it. But nobody's ready to buy. I think the, the thought, a strategy of buying has to begin even before you buy the card to sell. 
you are you are in business. We call this sourcing. You're looking for products at a good deal or at a at a right time to buy that you can eventually resell to somebody else. Sourcing. So whatever cards you're going to sell and make money off of, at some point you had to buy them. And I'm saying when you buy your cards, buy with the sale in mind. That's when you start to think. And that's why I would say uh, instead of just randomly buying cards of players I like, or hey, so-and-so mentioned this guy, or hey, you like Tyrese Maxey, well, well, wait a minute. Uh, right now, have you studied the market at all? Have you looked at market movers? Have you looked at eBay recent sales? Have you looked at card ladder? Are you going around to card shows asking questions, you know, and thinking, you know, if I'm going to buy something, I, I need to think about the buyers in the future. Who's going to buy it from me and why would they want it? And why would they pay more than they could now for that card? The process of thinking about selling starts with, what, wait, what am I going to buy? And I'm buying in order to sell. So that changes the way I buy, Right. I don't just buy things I like. I buy things that I think, hey, in a month, in three months during the All-Star game, in five months before the playoffs start, in a year when this guy gets his starting opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm Right now, I'm sourcing. I'm shopping for cards that are cheaper or I could get a great deal on, I could negotiate a great deal on, and everything about my buying needs to consider the future buyer. So selling starts with buying and, and so it follows from that. The second thought is that selling isn't about you. If you were doing this to make money and you were doing this uh, just based on things you like or things you don't like, no, actually, selling isn't just thinking about buying things I can resell. It's about who are the people that I'm going to resell to? Who is my customer? Who is my audience? Who are the people that, and what are they wanting? What can I give them? that they're going to want in a month, right? So instead of saying, well, I really like, it basically it means I have to let go of my preferences and say, well, I like this card or I like this player. But as a business, I need to say, who who will the buyers be chasing in, you know, a week, a month, six months, during the finals, blah, blah, blah. Like, are you thinking about them and what they want? You might be just fine getting a PSA 8, but a lot of if a lot of buyers are only paying 10 and they're paying a premium for a PSA 10, then that's what you got to buy, right? Or that's what you got to at least get and grade and hope it's a 10. But if you are thinking about the customer, selling isn't about you. Selling starts with buying. It isn't about you, right? It's about the customer. Third, selling sets a goal and a timeline. Like I want to make X amount of dollars this year. I want to make X amount of percent growth this year. That's a goal, money-wise, and it's a timeline. So by the all-star break, if you want to make 25% on an investment or on your overall investments in your portfolio, you can do that. But I guarantee you, you won't do it if you don't set a goal for it. <laughs> you, you won't come up with a strategy if, if you're not coming up with the strategy. Brilliant. <laughs> like you're not going to like stumble your way into success. It's not it's not like the Wild West of 2 years ago where I could buy any card and in 3 months sell it for 30 to 50% more than I paid for it like that. Even in those days, you guys, buyers right now are super smart. They've learned. We have all learned. And so, hey, I don't have to pay anybody's asking price. There are other deals around the, the room at the card show. There's deals around the world and whatnot and Facebook groups and eBay and PWCC and 
Come see, like you can, shoppers can find the deal they want. Cash is king. But a seller says, all right, um, I'm going to buy something with reselling in mind. So, so your, your, your selling starts with when you buy something. And it's not about me. It's about what somebody else is going to want. Somebody else, like lots of buyers are going to want this player or want this card. And they're going to want it by this time and pay this much. You're, you're making a projection now. This is like business goals. So selling starts with buying. Selling isn't about you. It sets a goal and a timeline. Selling doesn't look back. Okay, selling actually looks forward. Selling doesn't go, um, well, I can't sell that card because two years ago when I bought it, it was such a great card. And, and, and remember the good old days. And it's, it's got to go up again, right? It's got, someday people will come back around and buy base cards. Someday that everybody's going to want the, the goat cards and the, the Michael Jordan paper from 1989. Um, yeah, I'm, I, you, you're right. You're right. Possibly someday, maybe blah, blah, blah. But all I can tell you is what that card's worth and what it's selling for right now. And, uh, the card isn't looking back at you going, but bro, you can't sell me. Cause I, <laughs> I look what I was worth. That's, that's not a thing. I understand when you, it, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow to sell something that you paid more for then you're going to get for it today. I, I Believe me, I know. I'm looking at a Cam Newton Topps Chrome rookie when, when Cam was making a big comeback with the Patriots and everybody was buying Cam. A week later, I bought Cam and paid the stupid tax. And I'm sitting here with a card that once was worth $100. It's now I can't sell it for 5 bucks on eBay. So, like, I can't go, well, I'm going to hold on to it till forever when it's going to be worth 100 bucks again. Nope. That card ain't never going to be worth 100 bucks again, no matter how I feel about it. So the selling, the seller doesn't look back. The seller sometimes has to say, you know what? I'm cutting my losses. And uh, there are players that they're never going to regain the popularity that you wish they would. Uh, I've wondered too, you know, the, these players I talked about watching for something new, a new achievement, a new awareness that people have, maybe a new all-star or a new, they get voted into the Hall of Fame. There are some players who are absolute goats, I'm just going to say Michael Jordan is one here, right? Like, like, tell me. We have, a, we have a long history to look back at big Michael Jordan moments on the court and in the hobby. Culturally, absolutely. With shoes and movies and everything you could possibly want. Wheaties boxes. Michael Jordan is one of the two greatest of all time, okay? But tell me, when is the next big moment in the Michael Jordan legacy going to come? What is the next big thing he could possibly do? And my answer to you is, I don't know. Like, you've got the movies, Space Jam. You've got music, Be Like Mike. You've got documentaries, The Last Dance. You've got big moments like his Hall of Fame speech and being inducted. to the. I don't think he's going to become some Hall of Fame coach. I don't think he's going to become some Hall of Fame owner. Like, he's failed miserably so far in attempting any of that stuff. Uh, what's, the next, what's the next thing? Besides, like, eventual and growing scarcity of his cards, and as the market grows, the legacy of Jordan as a brand, uh, gotcha. All that stuff, I think, is going to be gradual and, and steady growth. That's why he's still a good investment long term. But there's a part of me that, after doing this for two and a half years, doesn't even like to use the word long term for any of this. Because long term, what I want is my money, <laughs> my portfolio, the value of my cards to go up gradually However that happens, whatever the best way is that makes me the most money, that's how, that's how a seller has to think. Like, I could hold a Michael Jordan card 
for a long time. Or I could hold one and sell it for a profit and buy one and sell it for a profit and buy one and sell it for a profit and buy one. And Partially, that's the fun. That's the game. And that's also leads to more money. It, it really just does. If you know the times of the seasons and if you know your markets to buy and sell in, all that to say selling can't look back and say, and you can't convince a, a buyer. Hey, remember when Kobe, remember when? I didn't mean to pick Kobe, but like Hall of Fame, championships, big, big moment, um, tragedy. Obviously, we miss him. And so there's been a lot of um, legacy there that has moved me and many, many of us to buy his cards. But what, what's next? Right? What, what's, what's in the future for him? Sometimes I wonder that about current players. What more is Chris Paul going to do to add to his legacy? Is he winning a championship? I don't think so. Buy him if you think so. If you think Phoenix is going to win, like even if he winds up going to another team and say Chris Paul gets dealt to Milwaukee next year and they win a championship, are people going to just go crazy over Chris Paul rookies because he, like Carl uh, Malone or Gary Payton, one of these players that like Steve Nash, well, he, he actually played really well when he did. I'm talking about all these guys that like in the twilight of their careers somehow wind up with a championship that doesn't mean all of a sudden that's going to be like a notch in their greatness and it added to their legacy. That's just going to be a thing, but it isn't going to be like a wow factor. Oh, I got to buy some more, you know? So selling doesn't look back. Selling looks at now what's the card worth? What are the future opportunities? Are there any, like, is it ever going to get back? And uh, if it's not, I mean, I guess we just have to call it what it is and say, are you willing to keep it as is? Are you willing to sell it at a loss? And then the fifth thing it's I think is wrapped up in all these things is selling can't get attached emotionally. Did you catch that? It's actually true about all these things. You can't get attached emotionally to your cards. Uh, and as a fan, which is a fanatic, you guys know I sometimes talk from the heart. Here's a player that I like or a team I appreciate or a style of play or a guy that I've talked about. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, this is a piece of cardboard that I could sell for actual money. <laughs> I, basically, how many cards in your, like that you own, how many cards do you intend to sell at some point? Here's my guess. All of them. At some point, whether it's now or 60 years from now, like I intend to sell all of them. So you can't have these things forever, but you can't have a plan for what you're going to do with them now. Right? And that's what I'm just saying. Selling, it starts with buying. It's not about you. Sets a goal, doesn't look back, doesn't get attached emotionally. Guys, I hope this helps because you can make money in this. You just got to be like, have a game plan about it. I'm Gary. This has been Hoops and Cards. It's great to be with you. Have an awesome week, guys. Bye. So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Why did the orange lose the race? Nobody gonna ask why, somebody gonna say why. I don't know why. He ran out of juice.